Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. Coming up on the show, we've got an apology from Dak Prescott here on a Wednesday. We've also got the future of Seattle up in the air. Some potential destinations for Russell Wilson if he leaves the Pacific Northwest. We've also got Jim Ursay like you've never seen him before. We've got some good news, bad news for teams in the NFL playoffs. Speaking of good and bad, we've got the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the great Petros Papadakis stops by. All of it is yours. Coming up this Wednesday edition of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe. LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonah Stocks, Fox Sports Radio. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. So we've got an apology situation in the NFL and one team that might be apologetic themselves. We'll get into all of that here coming up in just a couple of moments from now. It's two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can hang out with us on the iHeartRadio app and you can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever the hell you are making us a part of your Wednesday morning. We appreciate you doing so. We'll take you all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific here on FSR. What the hell's happening on a Wednesday there, boys? What up? What's happening? We know what today is. We know exactly what it is. Well, what day that? is it, man? What, what is that? It's, what it's day is it? Well, I thought we weren't doing it's, that anymore. Oh, we're not doing we, that anymore? We, okay. we I don't know. But we don't have to do it that way. We can still say it's hump day, guys. Like, you know, it is hump day. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we don't need the pomp You see what I'm saying? Like that, that was, there you. was a variation of it. Like, guys, 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 it, it is hump day, you know? Yeah. It is hump day. Yeah. Let, All right. Let me ask you guys this, though. Have you ever been in the situation where you humped on hump day? Well, no, it's just something happened oh, where oh. you're embarrassed. Like, oh. like you, like you your messed hump up. Wasn't very humpy you're, on hump day. No, not not really in regards to that, but completely <laughs> off that subject altogether. Oh, okay. You feel backed in the corner. You, you messed up. You got all sides kind of. I don't know. You have blaming to go. you, maybe like questioning what the heck you were doing. Because I, I do feel like that's what this apology is all about. Yeah, like, I, I do feel like. Unfortunately, Dak Prescott was put in a really bad position, and he felt foolish. And it was a it has a lot to do with like his legacy because he witnessed this happen to the guy before him. Like one mm. of the things that will always be synonymous with Tony Romo is what was it? A, it was a field goal or PAT? It was the PAT. It was the yeah. PAT. The PAT yeah. they botched. Like I, I remember seeing that throughout the course of his career, even when he was almost a perennial. Pro Bowl player, and yet they'd still show it. And this is unfortunately one of those plays that would be infamous throughout the course of his career as far as his legacy as a Dallas Cowboys quarterback. That's a hell of a point, Brady Quinn. Holy smokes. I mean, like, you're going to pull it out the it. holster that quick like that on a, on a Wednesday? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's hump day. Yeah, yeah, come on. This is, uh, mean, this is how this works. That is one. I mean, that is a hot take. And you know what? I wasn't sure where you were going with this. I was like all on jokey jokey, la di da you know. But man, this could be. Uh, I, I'll say this there's a possibility that, that Dak Prescott may get further than where he is right now in terms of in in the playoffs. And if he does, then this will never it, – it, it will it just be yeah. – you know what? It will matter in the sense of they'll blame it on McCarthy. But if they don't ever go any further than what they did when he did that, then it will haunt him. 
He uh, Now, Dak Prescott uh, did release a statement, this in regards to the comment he made about the officials or people throwing trash on the field, the media correcting him after that disaster on Sunday, saying, well, you know, it was, uh, they were throwing at officials. And he said, oh, credit to them. They were frustrated like we were, so on and so forth. He got a lot of heat. Uh, NBA officials, um, you know, oh, came out. And, in, oh, of course they did. You know, That because, makes sense. Well, I mean, look, it's a slow time in the gambling world. So, of course, they've got time on their say, hands. Yeah, yeah. they've done fixing yeah. Yeah, they don't. They don't know whether or not Kyrie's going to play at home, so they're not sure whether they can get a good line on the game. So, uh, so they decided to take a shot at Dak Prescott. Now, Dak Prescott went to social media last night and wrote the following: "I deeply regret the comments I made regarding the officials after the game on Sunday. I was caught up in the emotion of a disappointing loss, and my words were uncalled for and unfair. I hold the NFL officials in the highest regard and have always respected their professionalism and the difficulty of their jobs." The safety of everyone who attends a game or participates on the field of a sporting event is very serious matter. That was a mistake on my behalf, and I am sorry. So Dak what a is well sorry. Well written piece it's by done. Dak's agent. I thought so yeah. too. <laughs> well done by his agent. Oh, wait, him. wait. You think Dak's agent? Oh, that's agent's, how this works. You think you think uh, Dak's agent's got his login information on Twitter? You think he's his like, login? Yeah. Uh, I don't think that he has login. I think they said, <laughs> "Hey, uh, make sure you post this on Twitter before you go off uh, calling for fans to throw stuff." <laughs> At, at at the officials, <laughs> all right. Probably a bad look, Dak. Like we're gonna lose our Greek sponsorship. What is it, Oikos? He's like, we, look, we don't want to lose Oikos. That's a big sponsorship for us, amongst other things that you got. Well, going, you remember, so. you remember how he got that because Cam Cam, Cam Newton yeah. lost right. his because he made the he, comment about the woman I talking thought, about routes. I thought yeah. he was John Stamos's. Um, that was who John Stamos wanted. He was like, no, nah, I'm done with Dak. All right, I'm done with Cam. I'm moving on the deck. Uh-huh. I, thought, I thought that was John Stamos's. Yeah, it could, it could have been. Yeah, that's a good is point. I mean, yeah, I, I have no idea. Did, did John Stamos? Does he? Uh, does he have some sort of a tie to that company? Or I'm like, pretty sure I've seen John Stamos in an Oikos commercial. You know, if Pat- not that. You know, I, 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 want, I, I don't want to mix this up, okay? Because I know where you're going. I know you're uh, thinking, uh, oh, uh, Greek yogurt, what the, John uh, Stamos uh, Greek. Uh, that's racist. What, what? It might have been another yogurt company, but I can promise you, John Stamos. He has indeed, and if we need to, we can go to our, our yogurt expert, all Uh-oh. right? Lee throws yogurt all the time Oh, around. Jesus. God. We can go to our yogurt expert, <laughs> Lee, God. Lee to lab, yeah. to see if John Stamos I mean, has been, has he advertised or marketed any other yogurt company? Uh, yeah, so let's, uh, let's uh, we are going to get this uh, set up and ready to rock. Uh, make sure Lee's got his mask on and we are uh, all uh, socially distanced oh here uh, in the studio. Just want to make sure if we're going to talk yogurt here on the air this oh, early in the morning, gosh. we've got to have all our, uh, you know, the T's crossed and the I's dotted. i got to make sure everything is uh, is taken care of and underway. By the oh way, uh, speaking of yogurt and Greek, we will have Petros Papadakis coming up in hour three. I'm sure he can weigh in on this conversation oh as well, gosh. too. Uh, imagine uh, we are now- him weighing in on this yeah. oh that is going oh my gosh all yeah. right let's let's buckle up for that one yeah that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a fun conversation but <laughs> in in regards to uh dak prescott who comes away from is this game, are we just, well, yeah, i'm just, like saying are we just moving on right? from yeah, i was because trying to, wasn't uh, it i, mean, I was vamping because we were having yeah, some clearly. issues some technical uh, issues there was so. some technical difficulties but i can confirm that from 2013 through 2014 john stamos was in fact the uh, the Oikos guy. There you go. All right. Not, so only, so- not only that, hey, but there, you know there was outrage. You know there was a little bit of controversy because he did a Super Bowl ad, 
and it, I guess it was kind of a tad bit uh, borderline racy, you know, the way they use the, the Oikos yogurt. Well, I mean, oh, listen, you know. You know, apparently, it's apparently, the way it was yeah. being – well, okay, never mind. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know there. what halftime show you were watching, but uh, – yeah, I didn't say halftime show. <laughs> okay. I didn't say halftime show. See, you're, you are now drawing conclusions right, that did not – do not do not put things in my mouth that I did not say because – Oh, we trying to make this I, the Justin Timberlake Jackson <laughs> deals that were – I don't know. Hey, all I'm going to say is I'm not Dak Prescott, so I will not be issuing apologies for anything <laughs> that I say or do, so don't – don't have anybody coming after me. Uh, what, what do we think of uh, if we just had to grade the season for Dak? If we just come away from this year and we go, all right, Dak Prescott season as a whole, if we got to give him a grade, how do we feel about it? Because I, I happen to think that uh, the Cowboys come away from this year going – yeah, we let one get away because there was an opportunity to do some things in, in a conference that felt like, although Green Bay was the best team, you know, you, you, you play this the right way. I like da- I like Dallas. I think they could have gone into Tampa Bay and win next week. Uh, maybe they get to an NFC title game. And we see we just roll the dice and see what happens. But it feels like this was an opportunity with Dak Prescott to prove a point and make a point and to lose the way they did and have his comments come out afterwards. This feels like this is going to be a rough, uh, rough offseason of uh, anticipation for next year for the Dallas Cowboys mm. and Dak Prescott. This like was, I mean, you can make the case his best statistical year. You know, I, I know he wasn't on pace to throw for the same amount of yards per game and all that as he was last year before the injury. But, you know, touchdowns, interceptions, all of that. I mean, his completion percentage was the highest it's ever been. He didn't throw, quite throw for as many yards, but this was, I would say, maybe his best season. I should say maybe it was his best season, you know, since he's been a starting quarterback in the NFL. So, it, look, it wasn't always pretty. They they've had some rough patches where they had a hard time scoring points. But so when you say that, you go, wait, hold on a second. They were the number one scoring offense in the NFL. They were number one in yards. So what do you mean they had a hard time scoring points? Here's what I'll remember this season about for the Dallas Cowboys. They were a team that liked to beat down on bad teams and run up scores on bad teams. And against the good teams, they struggled to score. That's literally what they were this season. If you comb through their record and you go through, you know, how they played versus the bad opponents and how they played versus the good opponents. And some people would say that they're kind of a front runner, right? If they get off to a good start, they're going to have a good game. If they get off to a slow start, they struggled really to adjust and to figure out how to pick things back up. I think that's the next step for this team if they want to move forward. And what LeVar said earlier, if they want to you know, not have this be a deal where they never get past a certain point in the playoffs, they've got to figure out a way of adapting and adjusting, much like Dak Prescott did uh, once he got more information about who the fans were actually throwing the bottles and, and trash at. Uh, the officials, not their actual employer. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you notice how he adapted and audibled pretty quickly out of that. <laughs> well, so. Come on, yeah, that's how it works. I, I think, I mean, having a 12-5 and five year, you cannot say that he had a, a failing campaign other than the fact that the biggest the biggest factor working against Dak Prescott or any other player at that that plays for the Dallas Cowboys is winning a Super Bowl. That is the expectation. That is what Jerry Jones has built a behemoth brand off of is that the Cowboys – it's so amazing how he's convinced his fan base to be in total – 
uh, like like just buy in and 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 just craziness around the success of the Cowboys and has been able to leverage it through through the three Super Bowls that he you know he wasn't uh, at least what people will say he wasn't directly a part of and has been chasing that with his fans uh ever since so that is that is the level of expectation that every single person that looks at Dallas has because that is what they've built their brand off of. And that's what's going to be difficult here because while you can look at this as a positive season for them, they took a a positive step in being better because their defense improved. But if you're looking at it from holistically what the expectation is for the Dallas Cowboys, if they don't win the Super Bowl, you're always going to look at the season and question who's there, who's coaching, who's the player. And it's always going to come back to the quarterback. And that's ultimately going to be Dak's undoing if he's not able to get to a Super Bowl. We talked about how if if you were a Kyler Murray skeptic or a Cliff Kingsbury skeptic, you went back to Monday night and we said this yesterday. Like that was the game you point to to say, see, told you I was right. Man, aren't these the games like on Sunday where if you were one of these people who said they shouldn't give Dak that much money, Dak doesn't deserve that sort of uh, quarterback money, aren't these the type of games you look back and go, so wait a second, you couldn't deliver at home. You couldn't have a lead one time for one second in that game against a 49ers team who was dealing with injuries and a quarterback with one thumb and, as it turns out, a sprained shoulder. Like, that's just a bad look. And and it feels like if the pressure was there and the conversation was there last offseason about why he doesn't deserve the contract, this is only going to be a lot of people who have a lot to say this season based on how it finished out. I just think they're in a tough spot, and it's going to be a, going to be a rough one there for the Dallas I mean, they're Cowboys. one of the most hyped teams in the NFL. Yes. If, if the reality is they're never going to live up to any of the hype or any of what people think or, or believe about them until they win a Super Bowl. That, that's the standard that there's a bunch of Dallas Cowboys fans who grew up with Troy Aikman winning Super Bowls, and that's the standard they hold them to. And then there's another younger generation that they saw Tony Romo have relative success, and they think that's success for the Cowboys. I mean, if, if, they're not, if they're not careful, they're, they're going to lead to another generation that's, like, used to this team just either being <laughs> that or even worse. Yeah, I mean, just, that's the truth of the matter. Like, if, if Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones thinks they're building a Super Bowl contender, you actually have to get to the Super Bowl. You actually have to get to the, <laughs> the NFC Championship game. It's a great point. Uh, it's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. Brought to you by Discover. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. All right, so coming up next, one of the most successful teams in recent NFL history has already started to make major changes. We will get into that for you right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Coming up about 10 minutes from now, we have got uh, a potential major return in the NFL. Could change some things as far as a Super Bowl preview. We'll get into all that for you here uh, on FSR. Uh, so the um, the Seahawks' interesting offseason is already underway. Uh, the news coming out yesterday that uh, Ken Norton Jr., uh, the defensive coordinator, uh, he is gone. They're going to be moving on from him. 
Uh, they've, uh, you know, this is also on the heels of the Manning cast in which uh, reportedly uh, Russell Wilson, who was a guest on the Manning cast. I know, Brady, that's, you know, very popular in your household, the Manning cast. Uh, the uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson uh, apparently. Don't, don't make me seem like I'm hating on it. I, I like, I, I, ra- I actually watch the Manning cast more than the actual broadcast. I'm just saying I don't understand the point if the point is to drive more viewership. All you're doing is pulling people who would already be watching the game to watch the Manning cast. Like, that's all you're doing. Unless you're saying, well, we've got an avenue where we've got guests on that we feel like, like The Rock, for example, who was also a part of that broadcast. Yeah. People want to come see The Rock. They don't watch football. Okay, cool. But then you're just going to come for that one instance to come watch it, and then you're going to bounce back out? Well, apparently, uh, Russell Wilson uh, told the uh, Mannings, like, he doesn't want to discuss his situation with the Seahawks. Like, he wanted to make that very clear. He doesn't want to discuss his status with the organization. Uh, there was a report that came out uh, over the weekend that, uh, you know, Pete Carroll and John Schneider, they're going to be back uh, for the, the Seahawks. Looks like they're, uh, quote-unquote, all systems go, uh, was the report. I believe it was uh, Chris Mortensen who had that one as well too uh so now it leaves uh, the situation with russell wilson and whether or not uh you know he's back and uh i'm just going to go out on a limb here and say uh, russell wilson will not be back with the seattle seahawks we're going to go ahead and wrap this up here uh whoever the four teams that his agent uh went rogue and leaked out a year ago uh, we're going to be digging up those storylines because i feel like russ is on his way out done deal. isn't this isn't this kind of like fool me once Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Yeah. <laughs> We've yep. already been through this once if you're John Schneider and Pete Carroll. And I do believe they were caught off guard when Mark Rogers, his agent, floated out the four potential teams he'd want to go to, which, you know, then created this thought that Russell Wilson was up for trade. Maybe there was something there with Chicago. Maybe not. Only John Schneider and Pete Carroll know. But. This is the second time around we're doing this, and I would think that the Seattle Seahawks have a more calculated, coordinated approach with how they want to go about handling this, whether that's to calm things down and try to satisfy Russell or to say he clearly doesn't want to be here anymore. You know, he doesn't want to be a part of this anymore. Let's figure out how to get the most we can for him and work with him because he does have a no-trade clause. And so, in, and which, by the way, most players who are in a position of power, they put this in their contract, not because they don't want to be traded from the team they're with. Like, I think that's the biggest misconception for the general population. They think that, oh, no trade. He's going to be with us forever. Awesome. Go Hawks. No, that's not how this works. <laughs> it's so that if the team does decide to trade you, you can say, nope. I've got a no trade clause. If you want to trade me, work with me. I will waive that clause to go to the team that I want to go to. That's how this works, or teams I want to go to. That's how that no trade clause works in theory. It's not exactly what everyone thinks. I think it's it's more of a complex scenario than just Russ is leaving um, and Carol is staying. How it will play out in the end, I'm I'm not for certain. Uh, but I, I find it to be interesting that they, and and I know I know the thoughts on it is that the defense hasn't been the same since the Legion of Boom has has gone away, and 
obviously the the focal point is okay let's figure out how we can rebuild this defense last year you look at it and you say all right Russ didn't get used the way that he wanted to be used and so they get rid of the offensive coordinator to appease Russ in that manner this year you can't really put it on the offensive side of the ball um, for the simple fact that one who cares what it was they stunk one way or the other they they just stink so you want to say offense, the offense wasn't as bad as the defense, the defense but the defense was wasn't worse. exactly so so now while while we will you know why people while people will say you know Ken Norton was scapegoated for this situation the defense hasn't been good and that could be that could be a way you buy time with both Carroll and Russell Wilson and once you take the focal point off of it not being about Russ and this team not you know doing well because of Russ or anything like that and you put it on something else and now you have the ability to kind of say, let's work together on building this up. Like we'll continue to build the offense for you, Russ. We're gonna we're gonna put a good defense together, and we're gonna try to get this thing back on the right track. That could very well be what the possibility of this situation is, if it's not the obvious of Russell trying to force his way out still from Seattle. It, it feels like Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, um, I, look, I, what the hell do I know? I don't think those guys like each other. I, I just don't think those guys want to work together anymore. I think part of Pete Carroll's motivation to want to come back is to be like, no, 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 I'm staying. Like, this is my team. I'm staying. I want to prove I can do it without Russ. And then Russell Wilson's obviously got interest elsewhere. Um, obviously, his wife in the entertainment industry, whether it's New York or wherever the hell he wants to go. Ooh, I've got a couple thoughts. Yeah, th- this, this just – Oh, no. <laughs> by oh, the way, no. By the way, that's Roberto's favorite drop next to the fart sound. Next to the fart sound, uh, her and her – in bed you know, with Russell Wilson. You know what I like about that bed. drop? Is that drop could be if she's going to bed or if she's waking up. That's a good Like point. it almost, it could be like she's waking up to some good news. <laughs> That's a good point. Go to sleep. <laughs> That's how point. you know they was about to go to sleep. By the way, if you're not a smoker, your voice before bed and then right when you wake up is money. It ju- it just sounds good if you don't if you're not smoking heaters all day and you're not coughing up a lung you know I'm just just to want to point that out there I Somebody would actually uh, suffer for radio folk it's more about like you want to smoke like something something cigars cigarettes oh, like yeah. it usually deepens the voice dries it out dries out the phlegm and all that oh, yeah. That's I've a, heard the exact opposite. Uh, I, I got a whole lot of flim this morning, man. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's rough for me. <laughs> it's it's uh, rough it's, for your boy. Can, I got a big can old I, Can I throw next. these two destinations out? Oh, please do. I mean, the New York Giants, I've said for six months now. Yeah, you stole and, that and it, from me, by the way. Yeah, I didn't. I definitely didn't. Yeah, I did not. (laughs) Yes, I did not steal this from you, Jonas. I I, I try to leave as much of your own material to you. Make sure it's got your name. It's it's a weekend stuff, you know. That's what's what that's saying for. No, no. Um, New York would be an interesting one because it solves a lot of their issues. They're going to have a new general manager, a new head coach. All these things, I think, could make some sense. They've got the draft capital to trade to Seattle to make this work. I think it, it, you know, it, would, it would excite Pete Carroll uh, and John Schneider to have two first-round picks in the top ten, amongst others they'd trade, and maybe even Daniel Jones, and they get an asset that can come in and play quarterback, too, that they feel like might, they might be able to fix, right? It depends on John, how John Schneider views 
Daniel Jones and all this. But another team that happens to play in the NFC East would kind of be interesting to me. And in part because it still gets you on the East Coast. It's not that far from New York, which is a bigger market in regards to Sierra and what she wants to do. The Washington football team. And the reason why I say Uh, that is I think Russell Wilson looks at the long game. And I think you look at New York, that's one particular market. You know, it's a businessman, everything else. You know, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. But then there's that Washington football team location around D.C. And I'm just telling you right now, we've seen other Washington football players go into politics. Oh, no. I'm just saying he tends to be the type of guy. Like, I don't know what he feels like his future is. I'd throw it out there. I'm just saying. Uh, By the way, he's the perfect politician. I mean, it it is a good call because if there was one player in the NFL, you're like, could you see that guy being a politician later on? It's Russell Wilson. Mr. Mr. Unlimited. (laughs) You got to be unlimited. (laughs) I'm just saying, man. And, and, And you have to look at the NFC East and go, yeah, what we just saw this this on Monday night, that's that's who won the NFC East. Like that's what I got to deal with. Yeah, I can go to any one of these rosters and beat that. He he uh, immediately would be the best quarterback in that division. Yes. Totally. Agree. I mean, hands down, totally it's not agree. even up for debate. LeVar Arrington, the floor is yours for the potential uh, and Brady threw this out. Russell Wilson to the Washington football team. Uh, thoughts on the potential of that happening? Uh, from from the standpoint of coming to the nation's capital, putting yourself in in a position to politically uh, be able to do things, it, it makes sense looking at it from, from the outside. But one thing you got to understand, the, the Washington football team is, is ran much like the politics of the city, meaning the way the team is covered, the way things are handled is – identical to the way the politicians are handled and the way things go um, in, in, in politics. So when you come, when you come to Washington, it's, it's, if, if he came there and was able to, to have success and win, which by the way, they're much like the, the Dallas Cowboys and what is now a more watered down version of it. But it's a it's a town and a fan base that expects a Super Bowl. It's it's Super Bowl or bust with with Washington faithful. So if if Russ came there and was able to win a Super Bowl, he has the keys keys to the city. But how 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 feasible is it to think that any quarterback could come to Washington? and lead that team to a Super Bowl. I mean, if you go down the list of guys, just through the last, last, you know, I don't know how we could go to, to let's, let's go, let's start with. Who, who have with they really Donovan. had? Who have they really had that's yeah. been still kind of in the prime, right? Heath Schuler. Uh, well, well here, here's, here's the problem. I'm not 100% Sure. How how old is Russ right now? Thirty three. Thirty two. Thirty three. Yeah. I mean, at what part of his prime is he? 
like, is he in the middle of his prime? Is he just starting his prime? It, it, here's he... the hard part about answering that is, if you look at Tom Brady's numbers the last couple of years with Tampa, it throws it all out the window. Aaron Rodgers' numbers in his now back half of his 30s, throws that, it throws all that out, right? But my problem because... is, I don't compare, I would never compare Russell Wilson to those two guys. Why? He's won a Super Bowl he... and been to two. I don't think he's as good as them. I don't think he's as good as, as Aaron Rodgers or, or Tom Brady. I don't. I don't. And I, 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 would, I would just say this. His resume, now he may not want to have many Super Bowls, but as far as yards, looking at his touchdown interception ratio, some of those things. I mean, he's an eight-time Pro Bowler. Take that for what you will. You know, he's never been a first-team All-Pro, but it's, it's hard not to deny what he's been able to do throughout the course of his career. I'm not, I, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm a Russell hater because I'm not. I'm not hating on him. I just don't think – I would never put him in the same category as Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. I just wouldn't. So I'm not going to – I wouldn't base anything that I'm, I'm thinking off of, the, off of that. I'll, I'll, here's what I'm trying to get to. If, if you're looking at the history of, of quarterbacks that have gone there from, you know, from what Donovan McNabb to the Rex Grossman's of the world, you had Kirk Cousins, you know, then there's Alex Smith and, and you know, who cares after that, right? But this team is not in a position perceivably to be that type of a team to just take over the NFC East and become a Super Bowl contender. It, it it always looks like they're they're on the cusp or they're on the fringe of being that team, but they never take that next step. And it's always been driven by internal like discord. They're probably at the highest in terms of trying to figure that out now. You know, with everything that's still going on, I mean this may not be being discussed that that much, but I mean Dan Snyder's wife is running that team or, or is owning Wait, the let, team. Let, let, let's not do this. Let's not get on a complete tangent here because if, if you're going to say that, I'd say this to you. Are the New York Giants in a better position? I mean, they've been the worst team in the NFL the past, what, four or five years, Jonas? Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. the Washington but, but, football but, team at least won the division last year. Yeah, the Giants but, can't say that. I'm not well. I'm not looking at at New York as being a contender, and I'm not looking at the New York Giants as being in total disarray. Well, the, but but the, the reality the is, office. we're not talking about we're not talking about winning a Super Bowl. You said that. We're just yeah. talking about. Well, that's places. my point, though, Brady. But that's yeah, but, my point. The point okay, is, but, is that but, but that's not. But, that, well, but that's not what point, I think because is, I know that's not what you think. But I'm telling well, you what I you've think. You've already said your point. Well, I didn't finish my point, though, Brady. Let me finish my point, and then you can address it. I I know you disagree, and that's fine. It's it's not that it's not a wild. It's it's not a wild tangent because the the point is, it doesn't matter how if if he's going there to be something other than a football player, to be in politics, to to he's going to have to have a level of success for that to work, or he's going to to be drowned in all of the politics that come with playing for that team. And maybe I took a long time to get there, but the point is is that if he doesn't have that level of success, he shouldn't be thinking that, let me go here and measure this out and, and, and use this place as, as my, my stepping stone into politics because he's already had not, more success than any quarterback that's been there in the past two decades. That, I mean, not And there. that's not up for debate. He's already won a Super Bowl. So but the not whole there. point is, if he, it, it doesn't matter. 
If he goes to the New York Giants and All doesn't right. win a Super Bowl, but he's a perennial Pro Bowl caliber player and he's better than what they've had, and they're and they get in the playoffs or they win the division, it, it's it's gonna it's gonna create other opportunities for him just being in that market. I mean, look at Tony Romo. Look at Tony Romo. He is paid the most of any broadcaster in all of sports. And yet, I don't, he never I don't, won a Super Bowl. How many divisions did they even win with the Dallas Cowboys back when he was there? I don't, I I mean, don't think that that's a fair comparison for the simple fact that we're talking about the nation's capital versus an organization that's known for getting guys into the, the, the booths, the broadcast booths. And, and that's mean, fine. If that's fine, if you think it's an apples-oranges comparison. But the point is, it's, it, to me, it's not about so much of like what he does there with either one of those teams. If he wants to leave from Seattle – who go back and check the facts, they've won the second most games to the New England Patriots over the course of, what, the last decade? Is that what we were talking about last week, Jonas? Yeah, yeah. And so if that's the case, why would he leave an organization where just because they suffered their first losing season? It's not like you know, they don't have the ability to build from that and overcome that. That's been their track record. But that's why you I don't know? think it would be smart for him to leave, yeah, but, not sure. to go to a but, place but where he can't win. But I'm just saying there's a desire clearly to leave, and if he does, it's about more than just football. And, and so and if he goes all, to New York or it, he goes to Washington, it's, it's all, looking into the future. And it's also, I don't disagree with it, that. It's also why he was so dead set on wanting only a four-year deal when he re-signed there. Remember that? That was the big sticking point. I'm not signing for the five or the six. It was like the Dak Prescott conversation. He wanted a short-term deal because he was already looking ahead to the future, whatever future that was going to be. I don't disagree with that last point you make. I, I really don't. I'm just saying if you're thinking you're going to go to Washington and it's going to play out in that, that manner, it never has. It never has. I mean, we can look at what his, his resume is and what he's done and what he's accomplished there, but it's never, it has never played out that way in Washington. So if you look at that stat, that's kind of – it's hard to say. Why would, why would Russ, having that as his resume, not try to find the right landing spot to have that type of success? The front office, the, the, the top of that organization is still trying to heal and figure things out. Why step into a situation where it's not as stable as it could possibly be? Because you I just look think like that would hero. be a bad decision. It's, it's, it's like yeah, taking a yeah. bad company, going in and saving it and building it, up. It's like taking a stock, you buy it and you write it back up because the changes fair. you're going to make with the company. That's the why you do chance. it then. That's why people got involved, like Jason Wright, to help kind of turn it around. So, again, to me, this is more about – I mean, you're talking about the Super Bowl side of things, which there's a lot of teams that we could throw out that you go to that don't have a chance of winning one. In this case, to me, it's just more about wherever he goes next, it's positioning for the future. It's, it's, it's about football, but it's kind of not, too, when you look at it. It's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio. All it's, right, coming uh... up next here on FSR, <laughs> uh, there's somebody that went viral in the NFL for the complete opposite of what he normally goes viral for. We'll have that for you here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. 3 a.m. Pacific. Mike check. Mike check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that 
you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move. And tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from. I don't know. Don't ask me. Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox (laughs) with you here on FSR. Uh, Coming up top of next hour, uh, some good news and maybe not some good news for uh, a couple of teams in the NFL playoffs. We'll have that for you here on FSR. We are brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. No one does sports like Vegas, and the excitement is endless, so make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Sometimes you can't get to everything in the world of sports or entertainment. Good thing the guys are here to bring you in case you missed it. And for that, we turn it over to our executive producer, Lee DeLapp, who when he's snowboarding or skiing, we call him Ski DeLapp. Ski, what's happening? You guys, a video went viral yesterday from an unexpected source. That would be from Jim Ursay from his SMU days, back when he was a walk-on linebacker as well as a competitive weightlifter. Power lifter. This video from when he was back uh, (laughs) 307 pounds, squatting 525 pounds at a competition. I he mean, looks big, dude. I don't realize he's that big. He does. Really? Yeah. Like, you might want to stop. We might want to stop making fun of that Jim Ursay collection as band. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean you know. Now it makes sense. I mean, you know, I feel like this is the first time he's gone viral, and there hasn't been a trash bag full of substances in the backseat of his car. So oh, congratulations. Wow. To that. I'm just saying, wow. man. Last time he went viral was because of that. I'm just saying. If we're going to be truthful about this stuff. By the way, you see the uh, the weights on that rack? That's old school, like those uh, really uncomfortable heavy weights, uh, those uh, like metal ones. You know what? those ones? Yeah, you, break, but you don't lift. You don't really get it. But you mean like, the for rack LeVar. that he's using? What yeah, are you like about? the weights, the weights on the end. You know, those aren't the, yeah, you can tell those the, are the, the old pig, school ones. The pig, yeah. the pig weights? Yeah, whatever those are called. Okay. Listen, man, you don't All really right. lift. You don't get it, man. I don't know what to tell you, Brady. Jeez. Like, it's, you know, it's what I do. I, I think you've say. gotten Brady's smaller. Like, you must only do cardio now, huh? Better than me, you, know? <laughs> you only do cardio, huh? <laughs> when do I do it, though? I don't know. <laughs> In the morning, right, right before work. Absolutely. Well, you claim you don't do a whole lot of any cardio lately. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good point. Uh, all right, uh, what else we got, Lee? You guys, UCLA basketball coach Mick Cronin's taking a shot at the school's COVID policies. He says he's pumped up for Utah's get for the game against Utah on Thursday, saying, "I think that will help us to run out of the tunnel and play in front of fans. I think it's hugely demoralizing to our guys to play games." in empty arenas when there's 80,000 people down the road at Rams game yesterday. <laughs> That's a good point, though. And it, it is kind of odd uh, you know, that the, that the Rams can have 80K and Lee DeLapp eating uh, you know, a, a burnt a Slim Jim. Hot dog. <laughs> burnt Slim Jim, but UCLA can't have fans. It just doesn't make any sense, man. None of it makes any sense. I'm not going to weigh it on this one. It's kind of too easy. You know, too <laughs> Come easy. on. Take no, the layup. I can't. It's right there. I it's can't. fun. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what else we got, Lee? You guys, Arch Manning has rumored to uh, narrow down his uh, oh, focus for schools to five schools, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Texas. Cool. I mean, wow. like, Big it one. just. Let's, let's it, move on with this yeah, thing. It just, uh, it, I like, mean, at some point, man. Like, What's he on the Manning cast, you know? That's a good, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's coming. Is he going to, is he going to fake curse too? Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. <laughs> 